Hey, Scott Walker here, and you can't recall Courage. Today, we're in Washington, D.C., where it's just part of the uh, March for Life. So we're, uh, we're doing this podcast remotely, which means we're doing it off my phone today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, what an incredible day. Uh, I was reminded of standing out there with uh, tens of thousands of pro-life advocates, many of whom were students, that it, I myself stood in those very same places with those very same sides and with many of the same people around us uh, back 33 years ago. In fact, 33 years ago, I got stuck. Uh, uh, I and a bunch of other students from Marquette, under uh, uh, as part of the Marquette Students for Life organization, came to Washington. And that year, uh, the march was held on January 22nd, 1987. There was a huge snowstorm, uh, so bad that uh, we ended up getting snowed in for a couple of days. Thankfully, one of our friends, uh, an advocate or at, an activist, I should say, pro-life ag- activist who was attending Georgetown University at the time, had some connections in her family to Wisconsin, and uh, her parents lived in a townhouse a couple blocks, uh, just just a couple blocks over from the U.S. Supreme Court, and so we were able to sleep over on the floor uh, that night because we couldn't get out out of uh, Reagan International Airport. And uh, we got snowed in. And anybody who's ever been to Washington knows, boy, just even a little bit of snow creates havoc. Thankfully, today there wasn't snow and the temperatures were pretty decent, right around 45 to 50 degrees. Uh, Anyway, it was uh, interesting to be back there. I was reminded not only of the snow, but I I still remember. I I went back and looked in the archives on January 22nd, 1987. uh, Then President Ronald Reagan, any of you listening know I'm a huge fan of President Reagan, uh, but called in, people wonder, with President Trump, I'm going to talk about him in a minute, coming today, the first time a president's ever come. Uh, Reagan was a great advocate for the pro-life movement, but did not come. I kind of think more than anything, that's the byproduct of having the president been shot in his first year in office. So the Secret Service, understandably so, was a bit skittish about him going out into big public spaces. Uh, I would imagine the same was true today, but the President Trump, uh, was going to come no matter what. But I went back and looked in 87. That day, President called in, and in fact, I, I'm going to read a little bit of this because it's pretty interesting. It starts out saying, the President started out saying, hello, Nellie Gray, and Miss Gray says, hello, Mr. President. The president says, well, hello, Nellie. It's good to hear your voice again. Of course, the crowd applauded. Uh, it was applause at that time. Miss Gray said, Mr. President, this is a pro-life America greeting you today. As you can see, the determination of pro-life America is that we're going to save these babies. We're not letting any elements or anything deter us. And we want to work strongly with the White House and the legislators because we're going to have uh, the paramount human life amendment. And we await your word, Mr. President. The President said, well, Nellie, it's evident to me that you're not going to let a little weather stand in the way of this noble cause. And to all of you there in this year's March for Life, welcome to Washington. And Thank you for your commitment to the right to life of America's unborn children. Today, you remind all of us that abortion is not a harmless medical procedure, but the taking of the the life of a living human being. This tragic and terrible toll continues at a rate of more than 4,000 young lives lost each day. Our national commitment to the dignity of all human life must begin with respect for our most basic civil right, the right to life. In my State of the Union address last year, I observed that America will never be whole as long as the right to life granted by our Creator is denied 
to the unborn. Together, we can overturn Roe v. Wade and end this national tragedy. Those were the words of Ronald Reagan. It's interesting, thinking about that, I just recently tweeted back at the Pennsylvania Attorney General, a very liberal, liberal pro-abortion supporting Attorney General who said health care uh, or abortion is health care, to which my response is no. Abortion is the taking uh, is taking the life of an unborn human being. That's not health care. Uh, the president said almost that pervasive. As he said, today you remind all of us that abortion is not a harmless medical procedure, but the taking of the life of a living human being. Well, this is interesting because now thinking about today, I, I had a chance. I'm in this weekend. Uh, tomorrow on Saturday, I'll be speaking at Students for Life. It's funny how things come full circle, but uh, Kristen Hawkins and the great team at Students for Life have an incredible sum of young people from all across the country. And I'm energized. You know, it's a pro-life generation, a, a new generation. There's more pro-life now than it was back when I was a student. And where it's exciting to see young people both uh, high school as well as college students from all across the country. Uh, today, it was exciting to be out there and actually be in the crowd at the March for Life when President Trump spoke. And uh, I thinking back to that being the, the beginning of my time, my involvement in the pro-life movement, wondering how many would be inspired today. I love the president's words. We're not only strong when it comes to the pro-life movement, talking about his actions, that of his administration, uh, calling on the Congress to pass uh, pain-capable uh, uh, legislation ending uh, late-term abortions, a uh, whole number of things. It was really uh, quite extraordinary. But but also, I love the fact that, and and I, you know, the left wants to portray those of us who are pro-life as people who just care about the baby when he or she is unborn. The the truth is, we we care about those babies and those families uh, from from conception all the way through natural death, and and not just for the right to life, but you think of all the things, and we're not unique in Wisconsin. Uh, we've done a lot of these things others have done across the country. But I loved how the president talked not only about the policy, but thanked the pro-lifers there for doing things like holding surprise baby showers for mothers of of, uh, of children that were unexpected, of uh, collecting clothing and food and doing all sorts of wonderful things. Those were things we did years ago, at not only pushing for pro-life candidates and bringing pro-life speakers on campus, but... When I was at Marquette, we, we pushed for supporting uh, uh, moms under a crisis pregnancy center. And in some ways, it was more difficult than you might imagine because back at the time, there were some people who didn't, didn't really want to acknowledge that there might be uh, women pregnant out of wedlock on a Jesuit Catholic institution. But we were going to make sure that there were no barriers set up for, for people to, to make that choice to protect that unborn child, to, to do what's right, to, to protect that beating heart. Because we know, well, particularly now when you think about it, just days in, 21 to 22 days in, uh, about that time after conception, that's when a heart starts beating in an unborn child. And we know that abortion stops a beating heart. That's why in Wisconsin, we defunded Planned Parenthood, but didn't just take the money away, put it, put those resources into helping non-controversial programs that help provide for women's health. We did a uh, ultrasound bill that required anyone in the state to see an ultrasound of of her child, her her unborn son or daughter, before they had an abortion. We just knew, and I knew it personally. Tonette and I still have the first baby pictures of Matt and Alex uh, back from their ultrasounds. Um, obviously, we were pro-life at the time, but 
but even if we weren't, there would be no way of denying it. When we saw, we saw Matthew and then again Alex for the first time, and we pushed other things that helped children and families. We did I signed to the law our initiative to create the first universal child ter- child tax credit in the country. Every child, uh, every family with a child from eight, uh, excuse me, from birth, all the way through eighteen was eligible for the credit. And we helped families purchase back-to-school supplies and clothing as part of a sales tax holiday. We reduced property and income taxes to help working families. We covered everyone living in poverty with Medicaid, and we did it. never happened before, and we did it without taking the Obamacare expansion. We also eliminated the waiting list for children who need long-term care, and we increased compensation for caregivers for those providing for long-term care. We increased aid for for our program to help families afford child care. We expanded school choice statewide, expanded charter schools, and, and we provided public schools with the largest actual dollar investment in history at the time. Plus, we created a voucher program for special needs students. We invested in school-based mental health programs and increased school safety resources. We improved support for foster families, made it easier for adoption, and helped children and family deal with traumatic stress my wife's program called Fostering Futures. We dramatically expanded our program to help students with disabilities enter the workforce. On top of that, we expanded overall programs for people suffering from mental illness, and we enacted a series of laws to help fight the opioid and drug crisis through the HOPE Agenda, which was an initiative of a pro-life lawmaker by the name of John Nigren. We invested in working in, in uh, worker training and putting in place coaching for people in welfare programs. And we eliminated the benefits cliff for public assistance. What that was, was uh, that was a big deal for families because over the years, many parents told me they wanted to work, but they didn't want to risk their health care coverage for their children. You see, in the past, when someone made more than a certain dollar amount, they'd, they'd lose all their benefits if they made just a penny more. That was falling off the cliff there. Our plan phased out public assistance so they would never completely lose the benefits all at once. It would be a phase-out, and that made it possible not only for parents to take a job, but more typically to take a job with better wages or to take or accept better wages as part of their job. Incredibly important to get the word out out there that you know, we talk about this pro-life generation. We want to make a difference, and we understand it's not enough just to, to fight for the unborn. That in and of itself is the fundamental building block of this. But we care for those children all the way through their lifetime. The left doesn't want you to know that. They, they want to somehow say, oh, we only, pro-lifers only care about a child when that child's unborn. That's just not true. And we saw it again and again and again today. Thankfully, President Trump acknowledged that in his comments, which shows yet again he's pretty attentive to where everyday people are, not, not just the politicians in Washington or our state houses across the country, but what everyday good and decent Americans are doing all across America. Till next time, thanks for tuning in to You Can't Recall Courage. Keep fighting for freedom, and particularly, let's keep fighting for protecting the sanctity of life.